Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' OT loss in Washington, including what went wrong on the winning goal. Perfetti's first, and Ehlers' injury. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Hope you guys are doing good, and thanks for tuning in to another episode, one where we break down only one out of two points earned for the Winnipeg Jets after a tight, hard-fought game, but ultimately a 4-3 OT loss to the Capitals in D.C. And tough to imagine that the Jets were going to come away with less than the full two points, because after the first couple of minutes, the club was absolutely flying out there. I mean, a great shift to start the game. Nikolai Ehlers drawing a penalty, which led to yet another Cal Connor power play goal. And then the real magic happened just 60 seconds after that. The Lion King himself, Cole Perfetti, with an absolute laser to the top corner for his first of many, 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 many goals at the NHL level for the Winnipeg Jets. And it's two zip. And it looked to be smooth sailing from that point on for the club. But let's stick with Perfetti here for a bit before we get to the rest of the game and, and some other talking points that came out of it. Because it was so awesome seeing the kid finally get rewarded with a goal after he's been so solid for a number of games for the Winnipeg Jets, playing an elevated role with the team as well, and really showing that not only does he belong, but that he could excel playing at the NHL level. And that goal was a great example of that because it all started with some great work in the defensive zone by Perfetti. He was in a good spot to receive the puck on the, the right hash along the boards. And you could understand getting the puck in that situation if, you know, under some pressure, a young kid might just, you know, make the simple safe play. You chip it up off the glass and you live to fight another day. But that's not what we saw from Perfetti. We saw... A decent amount of confidence there, and, and that really continued all game long for him. But instead of that, some great patience with the puck on his stick, feeds the puck back down low through a skate, and gets it to Logan Stanley, who then makes a great pass down the ice, a little chip, and Perfetti busts his ass back the other way, and you get that two-on-one, the pass from Dubois. You know, a good job, too, by Perfetti there on that pass. You know, not to rush the one-timer, 
but settles it down and then absolutely rips it past Vitek Vanacek for his first NHL goal. A real, real high-end finish and just a real high-end IQ play all around there from the kid. I mean, that's a sequence you'd expect out of a seasoned vet, not a 20-year-old who's barely played at the NHL level. And on top of it, I mean, the kid could have had another goal, right? He made A great move by Perfetti all alone in the slot, but a great stop there by Vanacek. And then, you know, maybe he could have had a few assists as well with some better puck luck on the night. You know, even that, that play that he didn't get his second goal on, it just really shows his IQ. Because he's always in the right spot. He's just one of those players that the puck, it's almost like there's a magnet attached to his ass, right? Like the puck just seems to follow him every time, no matter where he is in the offensive zone. Perfetti always finds himself right in and around the puck. And it's because he he, he knows where it's going. And he knows where he's supposed to be. And it's it's just little innate things like that that you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. And, and Cole Perfetti clearly has it. And on top of that, too, you know, you always worry about this with a youngster at the NHL, but I don't see a whole lot of lost puck battles that Cole Perfetti's involved in. Like, he's surprisingly strong on the puck, surprisingly strong on his stick. He's willing to go into the dirty areas, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen him get, you know, physically overmatched too often playing against some of the best in the league. He, he kind of has it all right now. And, you know, with some injury issues, it, it does look like Perfetti is going to continue to get an audition with the Jets at the top six for, I mean, maybe a number of games here. We'll, we'll figure that all out as we move forward. But even if that wasn't the case and the team was healthy, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a reason not to give Cole Perfetti significant minutes, right? I mean, top six, we'll figure that out as we move forward here. But he's the real deal, man. And he's going to be a tremendous piece to the team next season. There's no doubt about that. The thing that has taken me by surprise is just that I didn't anticipate that he may just do that this season for the club. And boy, wouldn't that be a huge, huge boost heading into the second half of the season, heading into a playoff push and, you know, maybe giving the team some clarity as to what they have up front heading into the trade deadline. So super exciting stuff. And I think the best game quite clearly, from Cole Perfetti at the NHL level so far for him. So that was the big positive to take out of the night. There was, though, a decent amount of negative, unfortunately, because as the game went on, the Capitals would storm back with three straight goals. Now, the second one, I think there was a decent amount of good fortune on on the Capitals' side of things. You know, they they throw a puck, gets through some bodies, they manage to get a, a stick on it for a tip and a deflection. You know, not a whole lot of blame to go around on that one. But it was the first and the third goals against that we saw Nate Schmidt and Logan Stanley, kind of the, the new-look third pair, being put out there for the Winnipeg Jets, and yet he'd scored on twice in the game. On the first goal, you actually have Stanley playing Alex Ovechkin pretty good one-on-one, surprisingly. He's able to poke the puck off of Ovi's stick, but that loose puck kind of draws Nate Schmidt from the other side of the ice to come over and make a play on Garnet Hathaway. And, of course, what happens... You take away the space, Alex Ovechkin moves into the vacant spot on the ice, Hathaway finds him for a one-timer, one of the easier goals, Alex Ovechkin is going to score. Yeah, you could make the case that, you know, Logan Stanley, since he was going up against Ovi on the rush, that he probably should have stuck with his man and, and moved over to the other side of the ice. I, I, that, that's fair to an extent, but I mean, if Nate Schmidt doesn't drift over there, 
you know, there's not a wide open pocket of space for Alice Ovechkin to drift into and get his shot off there. So I kind of put more of the blame on Nate Schmidt on that play because if he stays disciplined, if he stays on his side of the ice, it's, you know, likely that the Washington Capitals uh, either don't get a, a chance like that off or they don't even get a shot off in total because it wasn't like the Jets were in poor defensive positioning leading up to that play. So some maybe miscommunication on that one. And unfortunately, it goes to the one player on the ice that you don't want shooting a one-timer against Connor Hellebuck. So that's what happened on the first goal. And then the third one, you know, that, that again, a, a pretty fortunate bounce for the Capitals. But it starts with a poor job on a denial into the zone by the Capitals. Logan Stanley doesn't have a great gap on the Caps forward, gives up the blue line, can't stop quickly enough to prevent the pass from going to, I think it was Orlov there, he gets the puck towards the net, and then the wraparound chance, it bounces off Nate Schmidt into the net again on that one. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of minutes with Schmidt and Stanley so far this season. It's only been a handful of games that the pair have played together, but I think it's pretty evident, right, that the mix just doesn't work between those two. I think Logan Stanley does well playing beside a more calm, composed partner, in Dylan DeMello, somebody maybe a little more steady and, and, and risk-averse. You know, Nate Schmidt loves to jump up and get into the play. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily the best fit right now for Logan Stanley's game. And, and Logan Stanley hasn't had the best sophomore campaign on top of it, too. It, it just hasn't worked well. And on top of that, too, I don't know if Morrissey DeMello's been all that great either since they've been put back together, right? Like, they, they've been okay Maybe a little bit more of that is on on Josh Morrissey continuing a resurgence season for himself. But if I'm rejigging the pairings, to, to me, the best the Jets defense has looked this season is when Morrissey is paired with Nate Schmidt. And then you have Logan Stanley playing beside Dylan DeMello. But this all kind of brings us to the overarching point when it comes to the decor. And we talked about this either last week or the week before that. But I, I do wonder here... With the new additions that were brought into Winnipeg, with Nate Schmidt coming in, with Brendan Dillon coming in via trade as well, maybe it's too soon for this. Maybe maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but you do wonder if it could be one and done for a guy like Nate Schmidt in Winnipeg, and, and maybe even Brendan Dillon as well. Because while the decor has been improved from where it was you know, the past couple of seasons, that was kind of a, a, a low bar to clear. It's not like the Jets' defense core is sniffing anywhere near the top 10 in the NHL, right? Like, if you're going to be spending all this money, you know, Schmidt getting essentially $6 million per season, Brendan Dillon a little bit under $4 million per season, I don't know if you're necessarily getting your bang for your buck on that. And even if the Jets do get into the playoffs and, and, and they do elevate their game as the season moves along here, I just don't know if this balanced decor, you know, having three solid pairings, but none that are spectacular, I just don't think it's going to cut it against teams like Colorado. I mean, hell, even like Minnesota, never mind, you know, Vegas over there in the other division and then, you know, any other of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. I mean, all of those teams, when you look at them, it's hard to ignore that they have, you know, generally two, but they have at least one no doubt about it, number one top pair defenseman. And right now, the Winnipeg Jets don't have one of those. 
And maybe the thought, you know, when Chevy made those moves, specifically the Nate Schmidt one, because I, I, I just I've seen his name come under fire more so than the other players over the past little while. But maybe Chevy thought that, you know what, Nate Schmidt was a top pair defenseman on a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals when he was with the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe he can recapture that coming over here to Winnipeg and, and playing beside Josh Morrissey. And unfortunately, I don't think we've seen that caliber of player yet. We haven't seen Nate Schmidt recapture his magic back when he was with the Golden Knights. And at his age, and you know, going back to his previous season with the Canucks, that was subpar as well. You have to wonder if we're ever going to see that player again. And so some really, really intriguing decisions are going to be upcoming this offseason for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, look, there's still a lot of season left, I think, it's going to be pretty evident we'll have a much clearer picture of where this decor is once 82 and potentially more games are in the books. But you do wonder, right? You just wonder if Nate Schmidt can elevate his game a little bit, help the decor out, or, you know, if, if Chevy's going to have to say it was one undone and and thanks, but we're going to move on and, and we, we got to find a new way to improve our decor to try to get it back once again to what it was like, you know, a few years ago in that run to the Western Conference Final. Now we'll get to the rest of the game here. Big time goal for the Jets, big time injury concern, and then big time issues in overtime once again. We'll get to all that here in the second half of the episode. But first, we do got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings, one of the official sports betting partners of the NFL. And after a super wild card weekend, what a week it was. My Eagles didn't even stand a chance. Weren't even competitive the entire game. I totally enjoyed watching that one. But now that wild card weekend is in the books, the divisional round is here. Exciting times. Exciting matchups as well. And DraftKings is here to help you win some money as well. Because this week... New customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. That's right, any team. Kansas City, Green Bay, Tennessee with Derrick Henry back. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. And remember too, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. DraftKings has huge cash prizes with their daily fantasy football contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so the Jets down 3-2 late in the third, looking to tie it up. And what happens once again? NHL officiating sucks. I just don't. There's certain calls that happen throughout a game that I think even as as fans, when you're watching it, you're like, you know what? I can understand how the refs might have missed that one, right? Like a, a hooking call here, 
a slash there, something like that. You can kind of understand maybe he was in a tough spot. It makes sense how a referee might have missed that one. But how in the hell do you miss Nikolai Ehlers with the puck on his freaking stick getting kneed by Dmitry Orlov? What, like 10, 15 feet away from the official? And even the trailing official has a clear sight of it as well. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. There, there's so many calls like this that get missed each and every game, and the NHL just doesn't care, right? Like, that that's the, the, the shitty thing about it, is the NHL just doesn't care that their officiating is subpar when it, when it can and, and should be better. But no call made on the play, and, I mean, most unfortunately for the Winnipeg Jets, Nikolai either stays down, able to swear at the refs for a little bit, but then he comes to the bench, eventually heads to the dressing room. It's curtains for him on the rest of the night. So, I mean, it looks like the Jets are going to have to deal with some semi-long-term injury ramification for Nikolai Ehlers from the hit by Dmitry Orlov. Don't worry, he'll get fined $50 and and the NHL will take care of that one. But, you know, there's... I mean, Dave Lowry said he's going to miss the Nashville game on Thursday and... The expectation is that he'll miss a bit more time after that. And it's really a shame we couldn't see Nikolai Ehlers finish out the game because I, I thought he looked fantastic. I, I think this was maybe, this might have been his best game of the season, honestly. And right from the puck drop, he was flying, right? He, he drew the penalty on the first shift of the game that led to Kyle Connor's opening tally. I thought he was creating chances all night long, could have had a couple of goals and a couple of points himself. I, I think he was Winnipeg's most dangerous player. He was really, really strong up until that moment. And again, honestly, should have drawn a second penalty on the night on Dmitry Orlov there. So it sucks that a great performance was cut short from Nikolai Ehlers. But I mean, it's even worse now that the Jets are going to have to play a handful of games without him. And and, I mean, at the worst possible time too, right? I mean, you know, there was some good fortune with Wheeler's injury being during when the, the Jets didn't play a whole lot of games. But with... It feels like 10 games and 12 nights coming up, whatever it is. And there's going to be some schedule revisions coming up soon here. You know, the Jets are going to be playing a ton of hockey. They've got five and six games in hand on on most of the Western Conference here. You know, if Ehlers misses, say, a couple of weeks, what normally would have been missing four to five games might be missing nine to ten. So... I guess just cross your fingers and hope for good news here that the Nikolai Ehlers doesn't miss too much time, but wake up NHL and actually call blatant penalties against star players when you see them happen. And hopefully Nikolai Ehlers, when he does come back, is able to recapture his form against the Capitals because in what's been a a bit of a down season for him, it, it sure would be nice if he could carry that form into the rest of the season with you know, Cole Perfetti playing as well he has, and then hopefully with guys like Wheeler and Sasny getting back into the lineup, all of a sudden the Jets' forward core looks a lot more intimidating than it did to start the season. Even though they didn't get the penalty call, though, on that Neelers, Neelers, <laughs> the Ehlers knee from Orlov, the Jets are able to get a power play. They don't capitalize on that one, but they do tie it up. And of course, what happens? It's a Pierre-Luc Dubois goal from two inches away from the goal line. I mean, the guy knows the guy knows what (laughs) what makes him successful, and he's not going to stray away from it. So no surprise at all that Pierre-Luc Dubois gets the tying goal for the Jets right around the net front. Great play by Adam Lowry too at the side of the net there. You know, maybe in the 
getting on the ice because Nikolai Ehlers was hurt. But a great chip pass over to Pierre-Luc Dubois. Hopefully that gets Adam Lowry going because we know the offense hasn't really come from him too much this season. Sure would be nice to get big number 17 rolling a little bit here. So we'll keep an eye on that, see if, you know, maybe a, a big assist to get the Jets a point, maybe kickstarts his offensive game. But either way, great for Adam Lowry to get onto the score sheet there, helps send the game to overtime for the Jets. And it gets him a point. And you know what? A point in D.C. against the Capitals, that's that's a pretty good outcome for, for a lot of teams. So, you know, the Jets, I, I think you have to feel half decent about themselves I think most fans were I think most fans would have taken you know the game going into overtime even though the Jets did blow a 2-0 lead you know before the game I think you'd be happy with grabbing a point and then trying to take the extra one and three on three or the shootout unfortunately though the Jets didn't even get a sniff of it (laughs) didn't didn't touch the puck didn't get all close to it and bing bang boom a couple seconds later the Capitals are able to cruise down the ice no resistance a quick shot and it's past Connor Hellebuck, 4-3 Capital Final, one point out of two for the Winnipeg Jets. It was just too easy, uh, right? Like the, I, I get three on three. It's it's kind of goofy. Players don't practice it all that much. But I mean, come on, you you can't just let Kuznetsov grab the puck from his own end of the ice. Nobody gets you know within a couple of feet of him until he's you know with speed on the rush one on one against a defenseman there, and then he's able to come in. Nobody touches him. Throws the puck out in front. Tom Wilson taps it in. And I hate, I I really don't want to keep harping on this. Because it feels like I've been doing this all season long. And I'm sure a lot of people watching maybe feel the same way too. But where's the effort from Mark Shifley once again? And and, and it starts even before the goal actually happens. All right, there's, there's the big play, you know, with the puck coming from behind the net out in front. Which we'll get to in just a second. But even before that, you know, Shifley's not able to slow down Kuznetsov as he skates through the neutral zone. That's okay, though. You know, there's still time to get back into the play. But there's a chance with just a stride or two to turn a one-on-one against, I think it was Neil Pionk, to turn a one-on-one into a one-on-two. And Kuznetsov probably circles back around and, you know, crisis averted. But we see the coasting through the neutral zone. Not a single stride taken. And Kuznetsov comes in and he's able to go around the net with speed. And that's where, all of a sudden, a pretty innocuous play turns into danger zone territory right away. And with the defenseman on the Winnipeg Jets having a a bit of a rough angle, you know, forcing Kuznetsov back behind the net, but not in a position to stop a pass from coming into the slot, you know, Mark Shifley has a decision to make here. And to me, the easy one, once Kuznetsov goes around the net... The decision is, I, I got to do a quick head check, a shoulder check, and see if there's a forward or a capital defenseman coming in to the slot area looking for a dangerous pass for a one-timer, right? Like, eh, that's just, it's, it's hockey 101. And we don't really see Shifley do that. Instead, he, he kind of goes for broke and tries to make, an, in my opinion, tries to make an offensive play. Hey, if I could poke the puck off Kuznetsov here, I'm heading back the other way for an odd man rush and, and, and probably a decent chance to end the game that way. And if you're going to make a play like that, that that's cool too. But you got to commit and you got to get the puck. And, and it's a bit of, again, a, a bit of a half-assed effort by Shifley. And Kuznetsov's able to get the puck around him. Tom Wilson is, is in such a dangerous spot at that point. He doesn't even really get a great shot off. But it, it's tough for Connor Hellebuck to make a play on that. And it's curtains on the night. 
it's just this isn't a case of of Kyle Connor even just not knowing what spot to be in at the right time or you know you make a poor decision with the puck under pressure that stuff happens but it's these effort-based plays that we see time and time again from Mark Shifley and it's just it drives you nuts and on top of it, it there's seemingly no repercussions from two different head coaches so far this season so again, you just need more out of Mark Shifley from the effort department. That—that's the frustrating part about it. You're not—you're not asking him to be Patrice Bergeron, but just—just just have a little more given f in it, and that probably stops that play from going in. And hey, maybe the Jets are able to, on that shift or a couple shifts later, bag the goal, and you get two points, and you skate out of Washington super happy. But. Once again, you know, if Mark Shifley wants to get that payday, I know it's a few years down the road, but if he wants that big payday, if he wants to be held in the same regard as the upper echelon sentiment in the NHL, he's got to bring in on the defensive side a bit more. It's just plain and simple. And what we saw at the end of regulation there, even though it was three on three, it just isn't good enough. We're starting to see his offensive game come around. And I think his overall game is getting better, but just eliminating plays like that in overtime against the Capitals. It's mandatory for Mark Shifley to get that out of his game, and more importantly, it's mandatory for the Winnipeg Jets if they want to start racking up the points and, you know, pushing themselves away from the playoff bubble and into a playoff spot as they head into the second half of the season. So, I mean, hey, the good still is Cole Perfetti's awesome, (laughs) and we saw his first NHL goal, the first of many to come here, and you still get a point and a tough place to play against one of the better teams in the NHL. Unfortunately for the Jets, though, the schedule really doesn't ease up at all moving forward, and this road trip continues, and we'll find out soon what el- what other surprises are going to be on the Winnipeg Jets schedule. But here's what we do know coming up. The Jets will play in Nashville on Thursday, a massive, massive divisional game for the Jets in that one. Then they'll conclude the road trip Saturday in Boston for an afternoon game, and then Sunday in Pittsburgh for another afternoon game there. So we might see either Eric Comrie or Mikhail Burden get a start for the Winnipeg Jets, but just a really, really tough slate of games to close out this road trip. And then it doesn't get any easier when they come back, you know, the, the next week at home, the first games against maybe the best team of the NHL and the Florida Panthers. But in the meantime, that's a problem for future us. We'll worry about that big game Thursday night in Nashville against the Predators. And that's what we'll talk about when we come back for our next episode on Friday. That's going to do it for us here in this episode. But like I mentioned, we're back at it Friday morning talking about Jets Predators. Big, big chance for the Jets to close the gap on, I mean, the rest of the Central Division. But on the Predators specifically, because while they may be 11 points back right now, what seems to be an insurmountable deficit... The Jets do have six games in hand. So you beat Nashville on Thursday. You're nine points back with six games in hand. I mean, who knows what could happen at that point? I've never seen anything like this, so it's kind of hard to get a, a a good read on you know, where the Winnipeg Jets might finish up. But, I mean, losing to the Predators, being 13 points back, even with those games in hand, that's going to be pretty difficult. So a huge, huge game for the Jets on tap. They might need another Cole Perfetti performance with Nikolai Ehlers out and. We'll see if Blake Wheeler maybe makes a reappearance for the first time since he suffered that lower body injury a couple of months ago. But that's what we'll get to when we come back on a Friday. Until then, though, 
Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. We're back at it Friday talking Jets Preds. Until then, though, stay safe. Have a good one, everybody. Peace.